Okay, so uh, I think at this point we probably know the drill. Uh, we're going back to random topics that I, I jotted down. Again, I'm going to try to go through them, and then after each one, I'm happy to happy to talk out uh, the different shilas uh, and different uh, take questions. I will say this though: there's one of the shilas that I did not check how svardim paskin. So I just want to make it clear. I'm going to tell you how Ashkenazim paskin. I think it's the same, but I forgot. I'm generally pretty good at checking, but I forgot to check. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six shilas. So the first one is this is something I've mentioned Friday nights in the past. And it's not going to be a popular one, but it's MS, and MS should be worth uh, while being noted. And that is, people ask me a lot about tying garbage bags. So I'm just going to mention this, I'll just run through it. So the issue with tying a garbage bag potentially is making a knot. So what a lot of people do, they'll say, well, okay, I do a knot and a bow for my shoes. So I should be able to make a knot and a bow for garbage bags. What should be the distinction? So let me read you the Shulchan Aruch and Ramah in the beginning of Shin Yud Zion. And I think it'll become clear as to that there is a big difference. The Shulchan Aruch writes, The opinion of the Shulchan Aruch of Svardim is that for it to be a biblical knot, it has to be both permanent and a professional knot. Now, a professional knot is like, like boaters, like people that, you know, sailors, they make real knots. Uh, wilderness people are able to make real knots. Soldiers. That it has to be a professional knot and permanent. Now, by the way, a knot and a bow is, is, is not a permanent knot, okay? It's, uh, it, it, it isn't a permanent knot. So, but the opinion, first of all, it's still Asad Rabbanan, and the opinion of the Ramah is as follows. The Ramah's opinion is, it doesn't matter whether it's a permanent knot, a professional knot, a non-professional, the Ramah doesn't care about that. Huh? Meaning, even a temporary knot that's non-permanent is still Asad Rabbanan, according to Sfardim. But I just want to make this clear. They can't tie their shoes? No, 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 we'll get to shoes, the reason why shoes is mutter in a second. Now, a knot and a bow is, isn't a craftsman knot. It's not a mice, it's not an uman. The Ramah doesn't care about that. The Ramah cares about one thing and one thing only, and that's permanence. If you plan on having it permanent, it's usr. If it's not permanent, then it's going to be okay. So what's the definition of permanent? So the Ramah brings down two opinions. Some say it has to be undone within 24 hours, and some say you have a week. So, okay. So here's the deal. When you have a knot and a bow, like shoes, that is, it isn't uman, but if it's meant to be permanent, it's a problem. Any knot that is meant to be permanent is an issue. I'll give you an example of a permanent knot. Tzitzis. Tzitzis is not meant to be undone. If it becomes undone, it's because it unraveled. It's meant to be permanent. So doing this, which is taking the strings and pulling it tight, is also on Shabbos. A lot of times people will do it just out of habit, they'll notice their talus or their tzitzis is, is getting loosened and they'll, they'll pull it tight. That's also on Shabbos because you're making a permanent knot. Now, is it the most craftsman knot in the world? Maybe yes, maybe no, but that's irrelevant because it's meant to be permanent. If it's, for it to be mutter, it has to be meant to be undone within a week or within 24 hours. It's So when it comes to shoes, for the record, that would mean that when you tie your shoes, you have to plan on undoing it within a week. So there are people that just make a shoe and then just never tie, untie it, and they just slip in and out. That could be a problem. If you are going to tie your shoes on Shabbos, 
you should make sure to plan on untying them within 24 hours. So untie them within 24 hours. That's it. Make sure that Matzah Shabbos, you untie them. That, that's what you have to do. You want to be makel a week? Be makel a week. There are people who also make ties, right? It's the same problem. If you're going to make your tie, it has to be temporary, meaning meant to be undone. When I was in yeshiva, you made a tie, you did, undid it, yeah, like that, and it was, it was, my, it was my tie was made for a year. That's a potential issue to do that on Shabbos. You can't make it that on Shabbos. It has to be meant, meant to be undone within either a day or within either a week. Can you, if, you, if you tighten your tzitzis, can you untie it after Shabbos and then fix it? So it's no, because first of all, tzitzis is a double knot, so it's a little bit worse. But also, you, why would you, you no one plans no, 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 to untie it. Uh, maybe it doesn't by, make it better. I have to check. I have to check. Okay, maybe that's a good aid to afterwards. But again, it's also it's like bottle that it's a lot because who who takes who undoes tzitzis? But yeah, maybe I have to check it up to see if that's an etza. But I'll say this: when it comes to the garbage, the reason why the garbage bags are a problem, so you're going to say, well, I do a knot and a bow for my shoes, so why can't I do the garbage? The answer is very simply: garbage bags are meant to be permanent. You're not you're not planning on undoing them. You put them in the can. No one goes back in to undo them, so that creates a problem. So therefore, what you're supposed to do on Shabbos, according to Halacha, is as follows. You can't make a knot and a bow. You are allowed to make a single knot. Now the way to do that is you take the two strings and you just turn them over once. That's allowed because that's not considered anything in Halacha. The Balatanya writes... No, it's not... uh, No, no, no. You just take... As if you're tying your shoes, you take the two strings, you go... It's like tying your shoes without the bow. Tying your shoes without the bow on top. That's allowed. The reason why I want to clarify is because sometimes people will hear, you could do, oh, you, you could do one knot. So what they'll do is they'll take the whole item and make a knot in and of itself. This will be a little better if you could see it for those that are not here. Like this. imagine you take one string and, and you do this. You make a knot. That's a problem because that is not coming undone. That's more permanent. I'm talking about as if you're tying your shoes minus the bow. That's allowed because that's considered nothing in halacha. That's not considered a kesher b'chalal. That's what you're allowed to do. More than that, I, I don't think is permitted. That's what you're allowed to do according to halacha. I, I don't believe anything else is permitted. Maybe zip ties, efsher, but it's a machlekes. But who's doing zip ties? No one's taking zip ties to the garbage bags. I would be machmer with a double knot on shoes because a double knot, according to some opinions, is considered a kesher shel kayama. That's the first halacha that I wanted to cover. Okay. Halacha number two. I was asked this on Shabbos. Yes, yes. Sir. I would still be machmer because, I mean, according to the, the Ramah, because if it, it, I'll tell you why, because if it is considered a kesher shel uman, the Shulchan Aruch would tell you you're being over in Isidaraisa. So I, I wouldn't want to get involved in the Yisurim Deraisa of the Shulchan Aruch, and therefore I would be machmer and not do any double knots on Shabbos. Because according to some opinions, double knots are considered a professional knot. And if it's considered a professional knot, then it's considered a sh- I have to check it up, but I believe it's something that you should avoid. Exactly. So, that was the first topic. The second one is very simple. Uh, it's one line from the Shemir Shabbos. I, just, I was asked, so I'll mention it on the recording. Are you allowed to blow bubbles on Shabbos? If a kid, you know, the thing, and they, they blow the bubbles. So what I told them is exactly what the Shemir Shabbos Gilchaz. And this is Shemir Shabbos Gilchaz and Perak Tazai and Sif Lamed. One line. Ein las is baluni avir b'mei sabon. You should not do it. 
because it's considered sort of it's close to forming because you're taking a liquid and you're creating bubbles. However, the Shmir Shabbos Gilchazen says you can let kids do it. Meaning, the truth is, he brings that from Rosham Zaman, it's probably okay. Because anytime you make a change that will naturally go back to its original state. I'll give an example. I was asked, are you allowed to make ice on Shabbos? Right? So, you take water. I'm not talking electric. I'm saying you take old school. You have an ice uh, tray, you pour water, you put it in the freezer. Is that allowed? So what's the issue? So the the Chabina Rov in Dov Mesharim is Machmer. He holds that it's Aser. But the overwhelming majority of Pais can feel that it's Mutter. Why? What's the potential issue? Moilet, changing. Creating. You're taking liquid and turning it into a solid. That's a change on Shabbos. We don't make any forms of creations. Now the different, but the reason why they so makele, because I'll tell you why very simply. If you take the ice and put it outside, what's going to happen? It'll turn naturally back to water. So it's such a temporary change, it's insignificant in halacha, and that's why many pais come are So the truth is, bubble should also probably be mutter. What are you doing? You're blowing a bubble, what happens when it lands? It, poop, it pops and it goes back to a liquid. So it's probably mutter, but, writes the Shmir Shabbos, it's not appropriate for an adult to do. So therefore, if the kids are playing bubbles, let the kids play. For you to blow bubbles with the kids is not an appropriate way to spend your Shabbos. I will say this, though. If the kid is screaming and he wants daddy to do it, mom is screaming, okay, fine, you have what to rely on, but it's not something It's not something that an adult should do, but you definitely don't have to stop a child from playing it. That's completely mutter. Okay. On to topic number three. So I got this very long email. It was, it was funny. It was a funny email. It was just written very funny. Basically, the kids, so what happens is like this. This guy on Shabbos wanted coffee. He was on a weekend. He wanted coffee. And I don't know where he was. He was with his family in a hotel. Whatever it was. Uh, he wanted coffee, but there was no hot water. So he's looking for a guy, looking for a guy, looking for a guy. He finally finds a guy. And he hints to the guy that he wants the hot water heated up. So the guy heated up the hot water. And so he had his cup of coffee. As he's about to drink, he tells me his uncle tells him. He says his from uncle says, you're not allowed to do that. You can't, you, can't, uh, you can't drink it. And he said, what do you mean? And then he said he didn't end up drinking the coffee because everyone made him feel guilty. So now, so what, what does it have to do with me? He heard a shear that I gave where I quoted the Grah. That the Grah said that if you break Shabbos accidentally, you're allowed to benefit from that action. So should he be allowed to drink the coffee? So let me just clarify this one point. Okay, because I think this is a, it could be Pasha to everybody. I just want for anyone that's here or listening to clarify. There's a concept in the beginning of Shin Yud Ches and Shulchan Aruch called Maisa Shabbos, which means that if a Jew, a Jew, and this is a very big distinction, a Jew is Mechalal Shabbos, if a Jew's Mechalal Shabbos writes the Shulchan Aruch for Svardim, whether it's done accidentally or on purpose, you are not allowed to benefit from that action on Shabbos. So if anything is cooked on Shabbos by accident, you're not allowed to eat from it. The lights are turned on on Shabbos accidentally by a Jew. You're not allowed to use the lights. So what does that mean? It means you could only use the room for something you could do in the dark. So you want to sit and take a nap? You could sit and take a nap. You want to read? You can't read in the room. That's, that's the halacha. Writes the Mishaburah, he quotes from the Grah, that the Grah paskind, that if you're Mechalo Shabbos B'Shoigig, accidentally, you're allowed to benefit from it. Meaning, on purpose, everyone agrees it's Aser. Accidentally, Svaradim hold Aser. The gra is lenient, right? So the mishavura, you could rely on the gra in case of tzairuch. Okay, That would mean that according to the gra and according to Ashkenazim, if someone desecrates Shabbos accidentally, now by the way, you should know there's a rule in Yeradeya called Ta'abedin Mikrishagig, which means anytime a Jew breaks Shabbos because he thinks it's allowed, that's called Shagig, right? 
So if you have a Jew that thinks he's allowed to make uh, coffee on Shabbos, whatever it is, he thinks it's mutter, and he heats up the water on Shabbos, the girl would tell you you're allowed to drink the coffee. Svardim would say, oh, sir, and Ashkenazim would say, well, how necessary is it? I've, I've, t- I've told the story many times, I'm not going to go through the whole Misa, but in the old Hashivenu, uh, I, I came into Shul once, um, this is, it was Shabbos, either Shabbos Shuvah, or Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, it was, uh, it was around that time period, and the place was, it smelled like burnt cholin. What happened was, the cholin was burning. There was a problem with the thing, these mecha, these things are cheap, and the, the cholin was burning, and, and, in the commotion, they added cold water. Basically, they, they, they added hot water that was cooked on Shabbos into the chomp. They, they, they used the hot water from the Poland Spring. It's not important who, but not my mother, not my father, I can tell you that. It was an accident in the commotion. They took the hot water from the Poland Spring, and they took so much water that a lot of the water was from the tank that was heated up on Shabbos. They wanted to get to eat the chomp. As a lot of people, uh, you know, so... So, according to Shulchan Aruch, that's called Ta'avidim. They thought what they were doing was motor. So, according to Shulchan Aruch, you now would eat the cholent. According to the grow, you could. Cholent is a tzairich for a lot of people having hot food on Shabbos. Okay. So, I told you guys, I made the announcement. Svaradim cannot eat the cholent. Ashkenazim, if they feel they need, they can. And it was a very, uh, it was a very funny, uh, funny, like, you know, everyone kind of looked at me. All, all the Svaradim were like, oh, it's kind of racist. The kids are... So that's all, that's all with a Jew being Michal Shabbos. That's all with a Jew. By the way, you should know, that Shabbos, someone came over to me during the commotion and said, can Svar the I said, no. And they said, why can't they rely on the Ashkenazim? So I showed them that Rav Gad Yosef, Yakut Yosef, brings down that there were Svaradim who were relying on the Gro. And he was very upset by this because he says they should not follow the Gro over the Shulchan Aruch. Svaradim should follow the Shulchan Aruch. So he felt that it was inappropriate. So I told people, I said, Shabbos Shuva of all Shabbosim, I'm not going to give people food that Ravadia says they shouldn't be eating. But anyway, that's all true with a Jew who's Mechal Shabbos. A guy who does stuff for you is worse. Meaning, by a Jew, there's not a concern that I'm going to ask a Jew to do it. Right? If you, not you, but someone over there accidentally is Mechal Shabbos, What's the word? What are you concerned about? It's not going to lead to other Shabbos. What, next week I'm going to go over to him and say, hey, do it again? Of course not. I'll never be Mashal a Jew. A guy, there's a legitimate concern that you'll come to get a guy to do stuff for you. Because in people's minds, eh, they're Goyim. Therefore, the, the Paiskim, the Shulchan Aruch, was actually very strict with Goyim. More so than Jews. The rule by Amir Lakum, and, and for some reason, I don't understand why people confuse this. This is a large misconception, going back to Shurim, they think that if a guy knows what to do, or if you hint to a guy, it's fine. There are two distinct Isurim. There's the telling him, and there's benefiting from his action. In this case, if you go to a guy, and you ask him to cook water for you, even if you hint it, you still can't benefit from him. I, the Groz Mekel, the Groz Mekel by a Yid. That's Mechal Shabbos B'Shoigig. Not a guy who's Mechal Shabbos B'Shoigig. Because a guy is worse. So I told the person, uh, I just wrote in four words, uh, you know, can't, can't drink the coffee. But this is the background as to the distinction between the gra and this case, because this case is Amir Lakum, which were more machmer, counterintuitively, were more machmer with a goy than with a yid. So if a yid's mechal Shabbos. You should be able to, but we're machmer because we're afraid it's going to lead to... Correct. I'm saying, so, so that's why, I'm saying in people's minds, like, if a Jew does it, it should be, it's fine. 
then if a guy, all the more so, the answer is no. By a guy, we're more machmir. So I'll tell you like that. The truth is, coffee is a problem because it's called shemiyarbi b'shvila. So when it comes to water, it's actually a problem, even if the guy does... You're referring to a concept that if the guy does it for himself, then you're allowed to benefit from it. Now, that's only true... Two, two issues with this. First of all, that's only true with a, in a malacha, in action, that's binary. Yes or no. Meaning, you want to get the light to be turned on, but you don't really have a head to So you ask the guy, hey, get me, can you get me a book? from that room, he goes into the room, it's dark, so he flips the light on for himself, because he wants to see, you know, it makes it, his life easier, then it's fine, you're allowed to benefit, because he did it for himself, because the light is just on or off, there's no steps, when it comes to water, the Paiskim are actually very strict, because if he heats up the water, even if he's doing it for himself, he might heat up more water for you, because there's, you could always add water to it, it's actually worse, secondly also, you have to know that to avoid it being a full game. If he's legitimately doing it for himself, that's fine. But you're going to be like, oh, hey, have a sip of, have a sip of coffee. Oh, okay. Like, there is a game element that I'm not the biggest fan. But my point is coffee would be a problem. Yeah, even this hatter would not apply to, to cooking because cooking is shemi arbushvila. Cooking by its nature, you can make bigger batches. So the concern is even if he's doing it for himself, he might add a couple cups for you or conceptually would add a couple cups. And that, that's what... Well, that's mutter because there's a separate issue. The, the, that's just mutter because turning on an, an air conditioner is an isadarabonon. Getting a guy to do it is an isadarabonon. That's called shvos de shvos. mitzvah for onik shabbos were lenient. So if it's very hot and it'll cause you onik shabbos, the minchas yitzchak, not me, the minchas yitzchak, he's in chelik gimel like Simon kuf gimel or something. The minchas yitzchak in chelik gimel, he writes beferish, he's allowed to get a guy to turn on the air conditioner because. That's for Onik Shabbos. But that's why I said with the light, the light is hard to get a heter for, at least back then because it was incandescent, so it was biblical. So that's why they said, if you just get the guy to turn the light in for himself, then you could benefit from it. Why is it turning Because the assumption is, because there's no heating element, electricity without heat. The Chazanish held his deraisa, but the overwhelming majority of Paisim disagreed with him. So while it's true for a Jew to do it, we would maybe perceive it as a suffix doraisa, but because it's a guy, the Minchas Yitzchak and Revavadia and most Paiskim say that when it regards to the Isser of Amir Laakum, you could treat it, treat it as a Derabonon. Yamtif is even better because you're dealing with uh, making fires on Yamtif is an only an Isidurabonon to start with. But my point is, when it comes to heating elements like incandescent light bulbs, crock pots, all those things, those are Isidur and Doraisa because you're dealing with heating. Me- heating metal existed in the times of the Rambam. The Rambam brings down heating metal as also Doraisa. But when it comes to an electricity without heat, electricity without heat is only an Isidurabonon. So in that case, I'll tell you like this. If you're asking what's the halacha, if let's say the air conditioner is too high, too strong, and you want them to lower the air conditioner, so there's really two heterim. First of all, if it's really cold, there's a heter. It depends how cold it is. If it's mamish cold, there's a heter called hakol choylem eitzal hakar, which means the chazal were very concerned with people getting colds, because getting colds can lead to other ailments, and therefore they treated it as a choyla. And a choyla, you're allowed to get Amir Lakam straight up. But let's say, oh, so let's say it's not so cold. So then what you can do is you could hint to it. Because over there, the guy is not, I mentioned before, 
there's hinting, there's, there's the stating, telling them the it is usr, and benefiting from their actions. So people always ask me all the time, do I have to hint? Hinting only applies when there's no benefit, right? In the case of that coffee, you can hint all you want, it doesn't help. In the case of the air conditioner, turning on the air conditioner is mutter, you don't have to hint. When does hinting apply? Hinting is applying when there's no benefit. There's no direct benefit, so therefore the benefit issue is removed. I'll explain what that means in a moment. There's no direct benefit. The benefit is already fixed. Now there's only a problem of telling. Hinting fixes that. What's a case where there's no benefit? The case uh, brought down by the postkim is if, let's say, they're not giving you any benefit, they're removing a hezek. So in this case, I'll give you an example. The light is on and you can't sleep. So what do you want the guy to do? To turn off the light. So what is he? what benefit are you getting from him? Nothing. He's not giving you darkness. He's removing the annoyance of light. So there's no benefit. There's no at least direct benefit. There's a problem of telling him. So hinting revolves that. So when it comes to the air conditioner, what you want is to remove the cold air being blown on you. So that's not considered a direct benefit. That's removing a mazik. If you hinted to him, that would be permitted. Okay, I, I, if, if it's not, uh, I would not do it. I, I wouldn't do it. You have to know how to hint. And if you don't know how to hint, then you, you keep Shabbos. No, that's, that's, no, that's, 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 uh, you can't tell him outright what to do. You could say, uh, you know, it's my Saturday, it's my Shabbos, and the air conditioner is blowing and I'm really cold. That's it. And if they get it good, and if not, then that's our mysterious Nefesh for Shabbos. That's, uh, that's, uh, huh? Yeah, you could say that, but uh, more than that, you can't tell them outright what to do. So, um, yeah? So I asked you on that my air conditioning and the heating were triggering each other. A couple more. Uh, three more I want to run through. Uh, one more heta for Amir La'akum is opening up a car door. If, let's say, you left your soda in the car, uh, you want to know, someone asked me, can I open up the car door? Can I get a guy to open up the car door? The answer is yes. You're allowed to get a guy to open up the car door. What's the problem? The problem is the light is going to go on. That's called a psik ratio, meaning his intention is to open the door. It's inevitable that the light's going to go on. That's called a psik ratio. The halacha is amir la'akum for a psik ratio is mutter. That's the teaching of the Magan Avram. And therefore, amir la'akum is never extended to a psik ratio. So anytime the guy is doing one thing which is directly causing B, that's allowed. So because the guy is intending to open the door, even though, yes, it is automatically causing the light to go on, that's not a problem of mere lakum. You're allowed to get a guy to do that. Even at night, we're going to benefit from the light? Correct. Correct. Um, e- even if it's nikhale, it's a psikration. It's not his intention. His intention it's to open the door. Fridge. Correct. Fridge also. Fridge will be the same. So, it's, it's not, so you would have to hint? No, you wouldn't have to hint. Mutter. Amir is mutter. Two more halachas. Two more things I want to cover. They have a lot of details, though. I probably should have sure, started with this. Yeah, well, Kenny, Kenny knows more halachas than I do, by the way. Kenny's a big maven. He used to work at Tov. He knows all the halachas. Um, so, two more things I want to cover. There are two halachas regarding early Shabbos that I want to mention, because we're starting early Shabbos this week, 7 o'clock. Um, one is that the Shulchan Aruch brings down, it's brought down by the Ramah as well, if you make early Shabbos, and you realize that you forgot to turn the light on, blah, 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 all these things. You don't want to get a guy. You see a Jew walking, he's doing late Shabbos. The halacha is, you're allowed to ask the Jew to do it. Outright. It's brought down in the Shulchan Aruch, that that's allowed. Um, why is not really for now, but that's outright mutter. You're allowed to ask him directly. As long as it's before their Shabbos, that's permitted. 
It has to do with the fact that when you're Mechabal Shabbos, the assumption is you're Mechabal in such an oifen that uh, you'd be allowed to do this. But the point is you're allowed to get a Jew to do it, so you don't have to look for a guy as long as it's not late Shabbos yet, and they're waiting for late Shabbos, you could ask them. Second halach is brought down, the Mishavur, I think it's brought down from the El Yeraba. If you can, it's good to eat challah after actual tzis. Meaning, you're going to come home, especially once the summers get, you know, Shabbos really starts at 8.30, let's say. You're, you're, you're done davening 7.30, let's say. So you're going to start your meal, start right away, there's no problem. Usually, at least in my house, people don't eat challah past soup. Like, once soup comes, uh, the challah eating is really kind of over. It's good, ideally, to have a kezayis after actual tzis. So, if you could have challah when it's actually Shabbos, that's a nice thing. So, sometimes that could be during dessert. If you have a little room left, it's a nice hider. I'm not saying it's required because it's a machlaikis, but if you can, it's a nice thing. Okay, the last topic, and I'm going to try to not just throw stuff at everybody. But this is the type of thing that you sort of just have to either remember or happens in my Sidurim, which is the Chabad Siddur, they have a chart in the back, which is a little bit helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Again, you're losing out the El Yarabba. The El Yarabba won't be so happy. No, 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 no. You can bench whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm saying you don't have to bench after Shabbos. I'm saying you're losing out on the El so whatever. I don't know, whatever to tell you, I don't have to tell you. But, okay, so I was asked about this, and this is something I wanted to clarify. You're in the middle of Shimona Esrei, and there are stages to this. What are you allowed to answer, and when? So basically, there's three different kufas. There's three different uh, situations, okay? Two are pretty simple, and then one is a little bit more complicated. But the one that's more complicated, I think, is a much more common application. Let's go with option number one. You're in the middle of Shemona Esrei, from the beginning of Shemona Esrei until the very end of Sim Shalom. You're in, at some point in between the beginning of Shemona Esrei to Hamavarech Asama Yisrael Bashalom. If you hear, you don't answer anything. You don't say a word. I don't care if it's Yehesh Rabbah. I don't care if it's Kedusha, Baruch nothing. The only thing you're supposed to do is during Kedusha, you stop and you listen. You stop and you listen. Now, what's the definition of Kedusha? We'll get to this in a moment. But you don't answer anything from that time period. Okay. Again, Kedusha, you sit and you listen. And bow by, bow by modem, that's it. You don't say anything. Now, that's from the beginning of Shemona Esrei until Hamavarech Esama Yisrael Bashalom. That's the first thing. Let's go to the third case, and then we'll go to the middle case, which is much more common. The third case is, I davened all of Shemona Esrei, I said Elekai Nitzar, I, uh, I said Yularatzon Nimrefi, I said the last Yularatzon, I'm ready to take three steps back, and there's a guy behind me. So I can't, so I'm, I'm sitting here waiting, right? You're not supposed to take three steps back if someone's diving behind you. That you could be sitting there for ten minutes. Once you've already, at that point, you're done your davening. You've already, again, you said all of Shmon including the last bracha, including you, Laratzon, and you're just waiting for the guy behind you to finish. You're allowed to answer everything. You're allowed to continue davening. You could say Ashrei. You could say Aleinu. The only thing you're not supposed to do is talk, because it's not appropriate to talk uh, idle talk when you ha- haven't officially 
you know, I mean air quotes, like the taking three steps back is like the official ceremonious ending of Shemun Esrei, but you're allowed to continue davening, Baruch of Shemai, Amen, Ashrei, Brich Shemai, whatever it is. But if you're finished Shemun Esrei, then you could talk? Like you could have conversations? I mean, I don't, I don't want you to. I, I, it's I'm it's to not. Clarify yeah, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's it's uh, you know, so that, that's okay. So you have the first case, which is you went up to uh, up to You don't answer anything when you finish fully, and you haven't taken three steps back. You can answer everything. Continue davening. Then you have. You should not be saying your own private bakashas after the second yilaratzim. The second yilaratzim davening is over. You should be saying all that before the second yilaratzim. After, before the second Yilorotzen, there's two Yilorotzen. There's Yilorotzen after Sim Shalom, and then there's Yilorotzen right before Osa Shalom and Romo. You, you say them both, but once you say the second, your davening's over. You don't, don't, you should not be saying all your bakashas then. I thought you get to choose which one to say. No, ideally, no, ideally you're supposed to say the first one just to hedge your bets, but the second one ends Shmon Esra. When do you say prior? After, oh, so now, so now is when? You finished Sim Shalom, you said Hamavarech Esami Yisrael Bashalom, but you have not finished Yishmona Esrei, meaning you said the first Yilorotzon. Ideally, you say the first Yilorotzon right after Sim Shalom, but now you're in the last bracha, and now you could have your bakashas. Now you could take your time. This is when Vidoy is done on Yom Kippur, you can keep going, Mamish. What's the period then? Again, if you said the second Yilorotzon, Shmona Esrei is over. If you didn't say the first, you're still a middle Shmon Esrei. But you finished Sim Shalom, you said the first Yilu Ratzon, and now you're in the middle of the last bracha, and you're in the middle, you're bakoshis. This is very common, because that's a good place to have all your bakoshis done. And now, you hear stuff. What, what's your status? So the halacha is, after the first Yilu Ratzon, before the second Yilu Ratzon, that period, you have the same status as a Jew in the middle of Shema and its brachos. Meaning... We know that during Pesach Dezimra has its halachas, and then from Baruchu till Shmona Esrei, it's called in the middle of Birchas Kriyashma. You have the same status then. You're allowed to answer certain things, you're not allowed to answer other things. So I'm going to just list right now what you're allowed to answer in the last bracha of Shmona Esrei. And you've got to know this because, again, at least for myself, this happens to me all the time because. I don't want to be in the middle of Baruch Aleinu and have a lot of Kavana then. I mean, I want to have a decent amount of Kavana, but I don't want to like, sit in, because I want to be able to answer stuff. So what I generally do is I try to daven with a decent amount of Kavana, blah, blah, blah. Then I get to finish Sim Shalom, uh, finish Hamvarech Hazam Yisrael Shalom, Hashem and now I can take my time. Now I can talk, and now I can have this this. Now you, know, you can take your time. You could answer certain things. Certain things cannot. So let me give you a list of what you can answer. Okay. For Kedusha, you're allowed to answer Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Now, by the way, you don't answer Nakdishach. And not only do you not answer Nakdishach, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what you don't answer, I'll tell you what you're allowed to do during these things you don't answer. And this could be Negei on Shabbos because they could be singing. Okay, so you don't answer Nakdishach, you don't answer Keser, you don't answer, here, you don't answer Nakdishach, Keser, you don't answer. What's the second one on Shabbos uh, during Mosef? Uh, Yachad, you don't answer. You answer, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzivakos, Malucha Eretz Kivodah. Stop. You don't say, Lumasim Shabbos, Kivodah. You say, Baruch Kivodah Hashem Mkoma. So you say, Kadosh and Baruch. Yimloch is a machloikas. Many, the Mishnah says not to. 
I know that the minute of Chabad is to say. I personally say because I daven nusach of Chabad. So I asked Rav Kalman and he said it makes sense that for all halachas related to davening you should go with the minig of Chabad because you're davening Nusach Chabad, so that's consistent. So Baruch Kavod, yes. Kadosh, 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 yes. Again, not the whole paragraph. So that means on Shabbos you don't say Azbekol, you don't say Memkaimcha, you just say Baruch Kavod Hashem Mekomo. Yimloch is a machlokas. Shema Yisrael on Shabbos is a machlokas, to say that line. And by the way, Rishlai Mizalman says that when, when the shul is in Mimkomcha on Shabbos day, right, you're in the middle of Simshal uh, in Elikai Nitzar, and they're up to Kedusha on Shabbos day, Shacharis, and they say Mimkomcha, so you say Baruch Kavad Hashem Mimkomo, right? and then the Chazan starts, Karbach's Mimkomcha, Mimkomcha, and you got like five minutes, so Rishlai Mizalman says you can go. You don't have to wait for them. You can keep davening as long as it's not that first line. So, Kadosh yes, Baruch Kavod yes, Yimloch is a machlokas. You're allowed to answer Amin to Hakel HaKadosh and Amin to Shomea Tefillah only. You're allowed to say Modim Anachnu Lach, those three words only. You're allowed to answer Baruchu. You're allowed to say Yeheshmei Rabba Mevarach Le'el Me'omaya, No Yisbarach. You're allowed to answer Amin to the Amin of Kadosh, of Kaddish, the last one, Damiran bi alma vi imru amen. That one. So amen and yeheshme raba. Um, you're. Of what? Of Kaddish? It's a machlaikas. So, so Mishabura says just yeheshme raba and Damiran bi alma, it's a machlaikas though. So that, that you got to sort of figure out your own personal. Um, you do not answer Yugimomidos. A lot of times people think, right? Tachanun. Hashem Hashem Kel right? You need a minion for that. You do not answer that if you're a middle Shmanesra. That's not. And by the way, all these things that I just listed of what you could say is the same thing for someone who's in the middle of Shema and it's Brachos. So, it, it, you know, once you memorize it for one, you memorize it for another. My sitter in the back of the Chabad sitter, the blue ones, and I think some of the older ones, they have a chart of what you can answer when you can't. But you just sort of ingrain it in your mind. Those are the things. Again, it's Amin HaKel HaKadosh, Amin Shmei HaTzvilah, Moedim HaNachnulach, Yeshmei Rava, Baruch Hu, Kaddish Kaddish, Baruch Kavod, Yimloich, Amins, certain Amins of Kaddish. Um, that, that's about it. Uh, again, those are the things to remember, what to say and what not to say. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the halacha. Good? Okay, stop here.